After making two 2021-esque comebacks down in Arlington, the Mariners are looking to secure their fourth consecutive series victory here in the coming days, but they'll have to do it at a place that's been a house of horrors for them, Minute Maid Park. We're going to be talking about it all on today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, June the 6th, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Titan Gonzalez. He's Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dan. Gonzalez is D-A-N-E G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11 that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We typically post two additional shows on there every week and get into some bigger ideas and bigger topics whereas Locked On Mariners covers more of the day-to-day with the M's and we also get into some non-baseball discussions on control the zone as well. It's a fun time so be sure to check it out. Again that's patreon.com forward slash control the zone and if this is your first time joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell, and give this video a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. So as you can probably tell, I'm not on my typical microphone. We've had even more technical difficulties. My audio interface is out of service. So next two days, you're going to have to deal with my uh, laptop microphone and the sounds of my computer. I'm going to try to mute as much as possible, but apologies for the inconvenience and annoyance that that may cause. Uh, But let's get on into the show. Today, we're going to be talking about the Mariners' big series win down in Arlington, which included two huge comeback victories in the ninth inning. Uh, And uh, we're also going to be talking about their upcoming series with the Astros down in Houston. That starts tonight. And we're also going to be getting into the draft a little bit. Some of you have been asking us to uh, to get into the draft, so we're going to be doing that. Colby has some notes to go over about the Mariners and their first round pick and some options that might be there. But first, Colby, I'm going to need you to say something nice about Dylan Moore. Um, he had such a good game on Sunday that I am convinced he needs to go to AAA Tacoma for about a month. And why is that? <laughs> oh, because you see the upside there. He's got plenty of bat speed, right? He He's hitting lefties okay, but not nearly as good as the numbers suggest. Um, and, yeah, he does have value on the bases and in the field. So you can get the bat figured out to where Sunday's game is more than just a once-a-month occurrence. Then you might actually have something that's useful and is a usable piece. If I told you, if I told you, you could sacrifice, uh, let's say, a month, of having Dylan Moore on the 26-man roster for a 25% chance we get uh, 2020 Dylan Moore for July, August, and September. Wouldn't you take that chance? Because I would, because 2020 Dylan Moore was pretty good. It's the 2019 and 2021 and so far 2022 Dylan Moore that has sucked. So, yeah, Uh, he played so well that I think he needs to go to AAA because there's enough upside in the bat still that with a few changes, he might be able to, to you know, 
produce on a more regular basis. He's just not going to do it with that swing. That swing is a terrible swing. It worked for him one day. Congratulations. And every once in a while, he'll hit a home run. But if he's not getting hit by pitch or walk or walk most times, he's a worthless hitter. So send him to AAA. Let him make the tweaks he needs to without, you know, the pressure of producing and call him up. And, you know, maybe there's a, like I said, maybe a 25% chance you get 2020 Dylan Moore for three months instead of current Dylan Moore for four. Current Dylan Moore for four months isn't that valuable. All right. So we kind of accomplished getting you to say something nice about Dylan Moore. That is nice. Yeah. You're, you're, you were cordial there. It was good. There's, there's think, some positivity. People think I hate Dylan Moore. My opinion has always been, mm. sent him to AAA. I, I don't know. Kind of seems like you hate Dylan Moore a little bit. My, my opinion <laughs> is, oh, I hate Dylan Moore's swing, which is why my opinion has always been, sent him to AAA, mm. make the changes you know he needs to make, see how he does. If it they if they doesn't work, you've lost nothing. Because what's the difference between a month of Dylan Moore and a month of Sam Haggerty? Nothing. Nothing. A little bit of power off the bench, whoop-de-doo. When I'm already going to add Justin Upton in a few days, like, get out of here. So, no. Send Dylan Moore down. Give him a shot to make the changes he needs to in a low-pressure situation and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, then you haven't lost anything. And if it does work, you might have gained a, you know, fringe everyday second baseman like he was in uh, 2020. So, Colby, Colby, good vibes only, man. Good vibes only. Don't forget it, all right? Eugenio Suarez, this, 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 this was his series. This was his series all weekend long. Two comebacks, both mostly driven by Suarez, who gets the game-tying double and uh, last uh, night's win, or last afternoon's win, rather, and uh, also had a home run in that one. He also had the go-ahead game-winning home run on Friday night. Gino yeah, has been, streaky. but he did strike out yesterday. So, you know, yeah, yeah, scrub, scrub. Obviously, he he needs to mm-hmm. he needs to pick up the slack here. He's not Seager, <laughs> clearly, clearly. But okay. I mean, <clears throat> let's just talk about Gino here in, in general, because I mean, we spent all off-season talking about the Chris Bryant's, the the Trevor stories, the. You know, the the Matt Chapman's, the who's who of the third base uh, or available third baseman this, this offseason. And they, they didn't get any of them. They got Eugenio Suarez instead taking on his contract to help basically lower the cost of the acquisition of Jesse Winker. And instead, they got themselves possibly the best third baseman that changed hands this offseason, at least so far. Gino has mm-hmm. been kind of streaky throughout the year. But he's been hitting for a great deal of power, and he more or less just helped you win two big ball games down in Texas. I mean, how huge has he been for this team? Yeah, the nice thing is is that we're at game 54 as of yesterday. So it's pretty easy to do like um, you know, like projections and all that stuff, or not not projections, but it's pretty easy to do the pace game. And uh, Suarez is on pace to be a four and a half one player. Crazy. I don't think Kyle Seeger has been a four and a half one player since 2018. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, not to keep dragging Seeger, although I could do that. Uh, but Suarez has been great. He's played a very good third base. He's like you said, he's been streaking. There's going to be stretches, sometimes weeks long, where it just seems like all he's going to do is strike out. But then there's going to be these stretches where he's, you know, carrying the offense like he did this weekend. 
And thank goodness he did because Ty France had one of the worst series I've seen him have aside from that, the time he tried to play with the injured wrist. Uh-huh. It was bad. And that's not, doesn't mean he's going to be bad forever. And he did, uh-huh. you know, get kind of a, a chintzy home run there at the, at the end uh, that uh-huh. ended up being huge. Uh, yeah. But, that kicked uh, off the comeback. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's kind of payback too, because the one that Garver hit off of Romo was also kind of garbage. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. even a hard hit ball. It was like 93 right. miles an hour off the bat. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, obviously, you know, you know, he's going to turn it around. You didn't get much from Winker aside from the mammoth two run home run that he hit on Saturday, which, whew, baby, he leaned on that one. Um, and Julio had a pretty good series. JP Crawford did not. So it was really mm. kind of the Julio Suarez in the bottom of the order gang uh, that yeah. really kind of carried your offense in this series. And it needed to because your pitching was quite good. Um, even the the guys who blew up like Romo, Romo didn't give up a hard hit ball. I'm not saying he was good, but mm-hmm. he, he was a little bit unlucky. Uh, but yeah. your pitching was good this series. Your defense was pretty good this series. You're just, you know, you didn't get anything from Winker. You didn't get anything from France. And so those two guys at the top of your order, it's really hard to score runs consistently when those two guys aren't playing well. And then J.P. Crawford's hitting third or fourth. He didn't have a good series either. So they needed Suarez. He stepped up in a huge way. Him and Julio and Haggerty and more. Um, Cal Raleigh had a big night on Friday, if I'm remembering correctly. So, yes. And that was pretty much all you got from your catchers <laughs> in the entire series. So, yeah, I mean, they needed Suarez and he stepped up. And, uh, you know, they're going to need other people to step up because you're not going to win four to three consistently, not with this pitching staff and the way it's going right now. Mm. But, Suarez has been very good, and really it's been about a month now um, since May 4th. So uh, May 4th to yesterday, Eugenio Suarez is hitting 266, 344, 532 with eight home runs, 42 strikeouts, um, but five doubles. So that's, you know, that is over a month. That is a 43 home run pace. That's an all-star. Suarez has played like an all-star for about a month now just not with as much consistency as you would like, but it's still, uh-huh. you got to ride the hot streaks and you got to accept the cold streaks and just put them out there. DH third base pretty much every day. And, and, uh, you know, be thankful for the production that you are going to get at some point. Just seems to be somewhat random at times. Right now, the American league war, uh, F4 leaders at third base, Raphael Devers, Jose mm-hmm. Ramirez, and then a little further down the list, but in third place, a Eugenio Suarez. Of course, Devers so, and Jose Ramirez have already eclipsed three wins, but uh, MVP Suarez, candidates. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Su- Suarez has half that, but I mean, they, the the AL All Star team they usually keep three third basemen. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Maybe we were talking. Got- we were talking. We were talking about Ty Francis, the lone Mariners representative yeah. in the All Star game last week, but maybe it's Gino. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's Gino. probably not, but that'd be awesome. <laughs> hey, you know what? If Suarez is around next year, he's probably in the Derby. Um, okay. uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's he's been awesome, and like I said, the the whole veteran presence thing that's really tough to quantify. Yeah. But I mean, he's definitely been a, a good presence in that clubhouse, and uh, it's been. I mean, I did not think that we would be here at June fifth and be talking about the A. Eugenio Suarez trade, not the Jesse Winker trade. But I um, mean. Not to, to pat my own back here, but yeah, no, it's... that's true. You were you were pretty high on the Suarez part of the deal. That so, is accurate. Yeah, so. yeah. You know, chills. Do I need to Ty call an ambulance for you? 
It's I free mean, in Canada. I, I mean, you probably know a guy. With all the uh, backpatting <laughs> that you do. All right, so uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the Astros series that's coming up here because this is uh, this is pretty big for the Mariners. They could get their fourth consecutive series victory here, which would be the first time they've done that all season long. Uh, before we hop into that, though, real quick, want to tell you about our friends over at Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I just don't have the time to research every single amazing thing that's going to make my body feel great, and I'm sure neither do you. So what is Athletic Greens? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. And it only costs you less than $3 per day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle-friendly as well, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making a, making us your first listen of the day. Now, before we talk about the upcoming series with the Astros, we have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. Take our audience survey. Go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. So the Mariners are seeing the Astros again. This is what the fourth time this season already that they've seen them. And yes. of course, they're going to wrap up the season series with them uh, on by the trade deadline before the trade deadline, the week of the trade deadline, actually. So we're going to be seeing even more of them uh, here in the uh, the coming weeks. Uh, but this is the Mariners' second visit down to Minute Maid Park, which has, as I said to you up in the show, been a house of horrors for the Mariners. They have lost 26 of the last 30 games at Minute Maid Park. 26 oh, of their last 30 games! No, that That's wouldn't ridiculous. have covered. I was going to say, and in 2018, they swept a four-game series there. So yeah. there's the four wins, but no, that, that, that I'm bad at math. <laughs> so, no, 30 games is only, what, three years? So, yeah, that would not. Yeah, because how many games did they play against them in 2020? Uh, well, they play they play 19. Yeah, 2020 is kind of throwing you through, throwing everybody through a loop here. I'm not sure, but I think that's three years, roughly. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, because. Uh, <laughs> yeah, two years, two years would be 38. Or, well, I guess in, in Minute Maid Park, nine, it would be, yeah, 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 only nine, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm bad at math as well. See, we're, we're, <laughs> we're finding out a lot Man, about one another on that. the show. Uh, um, I mean, 
as a U.S. citizen, I live in Canada. It's true. So it's there, true. there is a caveat there. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's talk about this Astros team, which is red hot good. per usual. <laughs> yeah, they're they're good. They're very good. Remember that episode that we did right after the uh, the Mariners won that series at home uh, yeah, back in yeah, April, yeah. and we were like, "Hey, are the Astros starting to fall off a little bit?" Mm-mm. Nope, nope, not at all, not whatsoever. I mean, they're thirty-five and nineteen. They're playing great baseball. They're fourteen and six at home, and uh, but the one... Ty, mm-hmm. the Mariners have beaten them in two of the three series they played in Seattle. <laughs> in Seattle, so? that is. Like that I mean, matters. They're gonna go. They're gonna put up another six on Verlander. We got this, Colby. By I have way, two words for you: Crawford boxes. <laughs> Always, probably Maldonado. Um, yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. By the way, how crazy? Definitely Alex Bregman. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, Altuve. Uh, but um, how crazy is this? By the way, and I know you got a point. I'm gonna let you get to it, but I just want to point this out. Yeah. The Mariners have played the Astros four times in four series. Yeah. They faced Verlander in all four. Tonight is the yeah. first time Robbie Ray will pitch against the Houston Astros this year. Jesus. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And guess who's opposing Justin Verlander tomorrow? Chris surprise, Flexen surprise. Third time, I believe. <laughs> Fourth time. Fourth time. All four it's been times all four times. Faced, <laughs> all four times that they faced Verlander, it's been Chris Flexen. And uh, oh, man, Flexen, break. He did Flexen now one once. and two. <laughs> yeah, he's now one and two. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about bad. his chances to win the next one tomorrow. We'll, we'll talk about that later. That's a that's a conversation for another time. Let's talk about uh, the Astros who, uh, since 2015, have led the league in WRC Plus at home uh, for three, uh, three times. And they've been in the top six two other times. This year, though, they are 16th in WRC Plus, 106. WRC plus, which is still better than average, but they uh, they they've definitely regressed some statistically. Jose Altuve is having a great year down in Minute Maid Park. They, uh, obviously, Alex Bregman is having a great year at Minute Maid Park and not great elsewhere. <laughs> the Minute Maid merchant uh, claims are, are certainly thriving right now for Bregman. Uh, Jordan Alvarez has been significantly better on the road, which is more so to do with how good he's been on the road than he's been than rather him being bad at home. He's still been really good at home. <laughs> he's just been incredible on the road. He's hit 12 home runs on the road. Uh, Alvarez has. Yeah, he's been just ridiculous this year. Um, Michael Brantley has been hitting 300 at home, but Yuli Gurriel and Kyle Tucker have struggled mightily. Tucker's posting a 71 WRC plus right now at home, and Yuli Gurriel is posting a 46 WRC plus at home right now. So there are some opportunities here for the Mariners uh, if to keep the Astros at bay. But again, you can't just match the Astros in skill when playing them down at Minute Maid Park. You also have to match them in luck. And that obviously hasn't swung in the Mariners' favor too often here over the last 30 games, clearly, considering that they are 4-26 and 26 in that time. Uh, there is, of course, the Crawford boxes, 315 down the left field line, and then that short porch and right, which is just 326 down the right field right, line. So, yeah, the uh, the Mariners... Uh, <laughs> The Mariners yeah. are gonna they're they're gonna have to get lucky here as well uh, to uh, to win this series to win their fourth consecutive series again, which is something that they have not done 
this season. So that would be huge to help them dig themselves out of, the, out of this hole that their disastrous month of May has created. And Colby, by the way, I tweeted this yesterday. I'm not sure if you saw it. But with their win yesterday and with the Angels' loss yesterday, which, by the way, that is incredible that the Angels keep on losing, especially in the fashion that they lost yesterday. I'm sure you quite enjoyed that. As the Mariners, after all of this, are just two and a half games out of the third and final wild card spot in the Yale, which means nothing right now. We're not no. we're not scoreboard watching. We're not standings watching right now. But that just kind of shows you what position the Mariners actually find themselves in, which is not as daunting as maybe it kind of seems uh, at yeah. face value. Yeah, to be honest, I don't even know the Mariners' exact record. I Tw- 24 and 30. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly. I know it's 22, 23, 20, something like that. I just yeah. I don't care about records and standings this yeah. early. Um, but yeah, I did see somebody else note that and I didn't see you note it, but yeah, I did see somebody else note it. And I was like, <laughs> now for all the hand wringing and all that. Stuff, and by the way, you're going to play the angels a lot. You play them eight times in 11 days, eight times yeah. in 12 days. You're going to play the Red Sox here coming up when you get back home for a bit, three big games there. Uh, you know, Texas is one of the teams ahead of you. You're better than Texas. I mean, you didn't really play like you were that much better than Texas this weekend, but you are, I, it just, mm-hmm you are it's you're a more talented team at least um and so yeah and chicago struggling boston you get them away from fenway yeah pretty mediocre so we'll see what happens i mean but, i mean uh, trevor's story we'll see <laughs> we'll see I mean, yeah of course of course uh yeah i'm i've i've got tweets prepared for when he inevitably uh, yeah. hits one off of edgar's um yeah. but uh yeah it's it's funny that for all the hand wringing and for all the you know the season's over um, which has basically been every single day of the year. I get a tweet from somebody saying the season's mm-hmm. over. It's like they have their two and a half back with 108 to go. I'm going to say, no, it's not over quite yet. <laughs> Call me an yeah. optimist, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. They, yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're in a decent enough position, all things considered. And this is kind of more of a conversation about the competition level right now and the addition of that third extra wildcard spot and all that. And that's a whole discussion that can be had later, way later down the line. But right now, they're okay. Yeah, what's what's kind of interesting, and I don't know how the segment morphed into this, but, yeah, you know, there was kind of this idea like, oh, the Mariners need to go on a run, like a big run to to get back in these things. And for most people, run means when like seven or eight in a row and like, 10 of 12 and, and all that the Mariners kind of got their run, but it just kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, it just comes from them a winning series, which is yeah more than good enough. Um, but also B their run kind of came in the angels randomly dropping 11 in a row Yeah, and that pulled them back down to the rest of the pack. And that's for the Mariners. I mean, they picked up, I think three and a half games in the last mm-hmm. seven, eight days over the angels. Hey, so, Hey, as, as the saying goes, nature is healing. <laughs> nature is it's, certainly the angels not only can they not pitch right now but their offense is struggling i went through the box scores last night because why wouldn't i it's it's glorious so let's circle back here to the series though let's talk about robbie ray this doesn't seem like a great ballpark for all the reasons that i mentioned for him to avoid yeah. the big ending which has been obviously the uh the most notable issue that he's dealt with this year mm-hmm. um I mean, again, just to refresh everyone listening, what are the signs of 
a big inning for Robbie Ray. What should we usually, be looking out for? Usually it starts the inning before, and it typically starts with a two-out walk. Um, then occasionally he'll give up a double or something like that. But usually he gets out of it unscathed, and you're like, okay, maybe he avoided that big inning. And then the next inning comes, and it usually involves a walk or two, including several arm side misses, bad arm side misses, and then a slider that is hanging in the middle of the plate or a fastball because he fell behind three and one and he doesn't want to walk the bases loaded. Uh, that gets, you know, tattooed out of the park and, and all of a sudden he's down three nothing. So typically it's it's you want to watch for the two out walks in the uh, in the previous inning. Um, occasionally that starts the beginning in that in that inning, but usually it rolls over into the following inning. And you want to look at arm side misses, uh, particularly up and away to the uh, left handed batter's box. Um, once you once you see that, it's it's usually followed by a couple of spike sliders and, and you know that his release point is just all out of whack. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hang on time at that point. You just, you know, hope that he can find it, you know, before disaster strikes. But uh, yeah, typically that's what it is. It's a two out walk followed by him working around that. And then the next inning, it's usually uh, a walk of some kind or a double that puts him with a runner in scoring position early. Uh, followed by a couple of bad arm side misses. That's usually the uh, that's usually the announcement that the big inning is is here. It's arrived. So mm-hmm. we'll see if he can avoid it. But uh, you know the weird thing about Robbie Ray is that he's totally capable of just shutting down the Astros tonight. Yeah, like it's it's in absolutely. the cards. Yeah, absolutely. That's well within his wheelhouse. Yeah. Will he do that though? Yeah. That's the big question. <laughs> I guess we'll the find big out question. later. Yeah, we, we will find out. Maybe by the time that you're listening to this, we already know mm-hmm. what has happened. Uh, but, uh, yeah, hopefully, I mean, this would be huge if he could give the Mariners six, seven, eight, complete game. I'm just saying. Anything that he, shape, though. Anything positive that he can give the Mariners, though, would be a welcome sight because, yep. again, they're facing Verlander tomorrow. So you don't want to get into an 0-1 hole here having to beat Verlander, because that would probably spell the end of your series win streak. Yeah, your your best shot in the series, or the one pitching matchup that really favors you is Sunday or uh, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It uh, Gilbert versus Urquidy, and we know that Urquidy's pretty good still. So yeah, yeah, it's if you can get this one, then you you feel pretty good about your shot to win the series because again, you do have Gilbert on Wednesday. But if you don't get this one. You never know. I mean, they, they touched up Verlander once, but Verland, Verlander killer Kyle Lewis will not be back uh, for the series. So it's uh, it's it's going to be tough. So hopefully they can win tonight or they want to keep their series win streak alive. And, and um, But honestly, if they if they take one of these three here, uh, I think it's a pretty successful road trip. And then uh, we'll see if they can carry some momentum into, uh, into their long homestand uh, coming up on Friday. So the Major League Baseball amateur draft is still about six, seven weeks away. But uh, we're going to be getting into it a little bit more here on Locked On Mariners. Starting today, Colby's got some notes on some options the Mariners could explore with their first pick at number 21 overall. We're going to be talking about that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. So, uh, the draft is getting underway on July 17th through the 19th. So, we're still quite a ways away, but things are starting to ramp up here. The college season is progressing along. You know, we, we, got, the, we got the College World Series coming up, everything like that. That's mm-hmm. going to be all happening. So, a lot of eyes on, on the college game right now, but there's also the, the prep uh, area as well. So, and the, the Mariners, of course, tapped it there. Uh, with uh, their selection of uh, Harry Ford last season. So that could also be a route that they take. A lot of good prep players as well this year. Uh, so, Colby, where do you think they're going to go um, with uh, their pick at number 21 <clears throat> in the first round? I think what they would like, and I think this is probably true of most teams, I think they would like uh, for a, a shortstop to be available to them, um, preferably a college bat. Uh, who plays shortstop, but ultimately probably ends up at second. They really lack up the middle uh, talent, particularly on the dirt. Um, I mean, right now it's pretty much Edwin Arroyo, and that's it. Uh, maybe Harry Ford if he moves off a catcher, but they really need more second base shortstop types. Um, just Noelle Marte is not it. He's going to be a third baseman. Uh, so they, that would probably be their preference. I would guess they they prefer college over high school because that's traditionally been the trend um although you know again harry ford last year so uh but uh, yeah th- it's a pretty good class for up the middle uh college bats but there are some really nice uh prep uh prep shortstops as well and so i think that's where they want to go i think if they get to a point where their draft board just doesn't allow for it like it just there's not a guy there that they want to take they'll they'll go ahead and they'll they'll look at uh, college arms and then address the prep uh, or address the up the middle guys in the second round uh and like i said it's a pretty good class for up the middle guys um and it's a pretty strong class for pitching as well and honestly you know what catcher a little more depth than usual in this draft sure. so it's, it's it's a pretty good draft so let's dive into some of these names then uh who, who sure. are some specifics let's start with the up the middle prospects uh particularly the prep guys who should we be looking at there yeah, so this is pretty interesting because prep guys, their range is is drastic. Some teams might have yeah. them as high as five. Other teams might have the same guy 20s, right? And the Mariners pick 21. So there's a lot that has to go kind of right for them to uh, mm-hmm. to get one of these prep guys that they like. Uh, there's there's a, a kid out of uh, Texas uh, named Jet Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, great name, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and he does have above average speed. He's, you know, it's... it's uh, it's not quite plus speed, but it's pretty good. It's interesting about Jed is that he's only five foot eight, um, but he can hit. He barrels up the baseball. Uh, probably going to be a second baseman long term. Uh, he's kind of average to fringe average at shortstop at the moment, but he mm-hmm. does have you know probably I would call it sixty grade speed. It's very quick swing. He hits. He finds the barrel a lot. Very CTZ type of a type of a hitter. The power, we'll see if it gets there. Right now, it's solidly below average, and the raw power maxes out at average. 
Uh, but again, if he's going to play shortstop or second base, if he can hit 15 to 20, there's a chance that uh, you know he's he's worth that 21st overall pick. I could see this guy going top 15-ish though, mm-hmm. uh, because the bat does feel like it's it's going to hit. It's it's a, like I said, the swing is very good. No problem hitting breaking balls or or you know hits velocity. Um, and there's always a chance you know he grows a couple inches, adds a couple pounds. But for what he is right now, I think he's I think he's right in line with where the Mariners are going to pick at 21. Uh, you know, comps are always very difficult. Uh, and just because of the height, I feel like people are going to put his comp at Jose Altuve. Right. That's, you know, <laughs> that's that's asking a lot. But you can see why. It's it's, it's very similar profile to the. I mean, know, even me, when you, when you were talking about he's, he's shorter, he has mm. pop, I was like Jose Altuve. <laughs> And maybe yeah. that's also because we were just talking about the Astros. I don't know, but that's it's, yeah. it's possible. But yeah, it, it is a pretty common comp, and I I, I see why it, why it's made. It's it's mm. not bad. Again, the bat to ball skills like doesn't strike out a ton. Coming up, probably going to come up as a shortstop, but ultimately going to stick at second. Above average speed can steal some bags. Like that's that's young Altuve. So yeah, yeah I get it. And uh, and we should also mention that. And we should also mention that Joe Doyle of Prospects Live has said that the Mariners do like Jet Williams. And oh, so okay. If, well, if, I, if, I did if, not know that. So yeah. So so if 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 Joe says that, that means that the Mariners probably like Jet Williams. So, yeah, Joe's uh, pretty plugged into the Mariners as much yeah, as anybody well, is, at least. Yeah, uh, particularly on the uh, the drafting side of things as well. Yeah. So uh, we'll uh, we'll have to keep an eye on Williams. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, you. You mentioned the catchers, of course. So who mm-hmm. are some catchers, or, or maybe one catcher at least, that the uh, that could fall into the Mariners' range? Yeah, this is kind of interesting because, again, catchers are so hard to find that teams move them up and down the board and, and sometimes overvalue the spot just because they're so hard to find. Um, I'll give you two guys who are interesting. One is probably a bit of a reach, and the other one might not be there, but it'll balance mm-hmm. out. Uh, there's a catcher from uh, Louisville named Dalton Rushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, left-handed bat, uh, six foot one, about 220. Pretty good hit tool, maybe fringy average, but above average game power. Uh, kind of plus raw power, particularly the pole side. Not a great athlete, but he does have a strong arm. Uh, he's a fringe average catcher, so there's a chance he moves to first base. Uh, but he does walk uh, quite a bit now. Um, and again, it's it's a lot. You're you're buying a lot of power here, and you're if you're drafting him at 21, you're thinking that he can catch long term and and like i said he's probably he's probably a touch below where cal raleigh was when uh when he was drafted defensively but Mm -hmm. overall he's he's a pretty interesting uh player um and you know as is necessary for mariners draftees he was very good on the cape cod league uh last summer so we'll see what happens there but uh, he's an interesting guy i i would probably prefer him in the second though i think 21 is a little too high uh one of the guys though that i i really like Logan Tanner mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Mississippi State, six uh, six foot two fifteen. He has tremendous power, and he has perhaps the best arm of any catcher in this draft. I've seen a few reports that threw an eighty on it. I think most people say it's probably a seventy. Uh, he's pretty good lateral movement, uh, blocks balls with ease. Pretty good pitch framer. Definitely more of a defensive guy, but he does have the plus power, uh, and the hit tool has a chance to be average. So there's a chance you're looking at. Maybe Mike Zanino esque if you're looking for an upside play here, um, but there's also a chance he hits 230, 240 uh, with you know 
25 home runs and, and plus defense behind the plate. And that's part of the reason why he might uh, not be there uh, at 21, but there's a chance he is. And, and Seattle definitely needs catching help. But uh, yeah, Tanner's probably a guy who will move pretty quick too. I, I think he's probably in the big leagues within three years. So uh, he, he's an interesting guy to watch. Could the Mariners at all look at the uh, college arms? Because I mean that yeah. that was a that was a long time trend for them, and they kind of broke that last year with the Ford pick. But uh, mm-hmm. they, they've they've liked to go to college arms, particularly in this pick twenty twenty one ish range. That's where they yep. got Logan Gilbert. That's where they got George Kirby. Uh, so who are some guys there that that might fit the bill? Uh, Gabriel Hughes from Gonzaga, kind of a mm-hmm. local guy, uh, semi local. Um, He's had a really big year. I think at the beginning of the year, he was probably a, you know, comp round A, second round pick type of guy in that range. I think there's a shot he goes in the top 15 now. Um, like I said, it's pretty good stuff. It's fastball slider, change up, good control, not great control, uh, kind of 45 grade command. Uh, the fastball is um, 94 to 98. Uh, the slider is a little bit uneven. Sometimes it's it's plus. Sometimes it's below average. So he's got to find some consistency there. Um, and the changeup, it has a good shot, I would say, to be a solid number three pitch. Uh, it's good size, repeatable delivery. He's probably going to be a big leaguer pretty darn quick. Um, so I feel like you know Hughes is a guy who might have pitched his way out of Seattle. Um, but we'll see what happens there. There's the uh, the kid out of Oregon State whose name I still can't pronounce. I think it's Herpy, Jerpy. I, I can't pronounce it, right? Um, mm-hmm. I will learn it, especially if he's a Mariner. But uh, lefty, six foot three, 200 pounds, uh, insane curveball. If you like Reed Detmers, you're probably going to like this guy. Um, I'm not a huge Detmers guy, but, uh, you know, it's a funky little delivery. He kind of throws across his body, uh, pretty deceptive. Uh, he's definitely interesting. He's had a huge year. Uh, Kumar Rocker's a guy you guys have probably heard of. I don't yeah. love the idea for Seattle personally. Um, the shoulder stuff does concern me, but he is up there, and we did happen to see some of his grades that the Mariners put on him. And if he's there at 21, I bet they consider it. Uh, and then finally, there's a guy who I read his profile. I haven't seen him pitch personally, but I've read his profile. Tell me who this sounds like, Ty, as we okay. kind of wrap up here. He's a right-handed pitcher, six foot seven. Hmm. Fastball sits around ninety-one right now, but he's touched ninety-six. It has high spin and running action. Gets a lot of weak contact. Has plus extension on the pitch. The fastball plays higher than its velocity, and the velocity is pretty good. Um, he also has a pretty good curveball that I would say is above average. A chance at another above-average slider and a changeup that while. Eh, Probably isn't quite there yet. Definitely could be, and he throws a ton of strikes. Who did I just describe? Max Posey, uh, obviously. Uh, no, Logan <laughs> Gilbert. Logan Gilbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. Justin Campbell from Oklahoma State. He screams Logan Gilbert to me. This is a guy the Mariners, I think, would love to get their hands on. Work on the pitch shape. Um, again, the the things you can't teach: the height, the arm angle, the extension. Um, you know, the high spin rate on the fastball. We know the Mariners love fastball analytics. Um, and like I said, he has a chance to have three 60 grade pitches, maybe even four. I wouldn't put it past him. And he throws a ton of strikes. Uh, honestly, this is a guy who to me, 
he's probably in the big leagues within, I would say by 2024, he's making his debut. So that's like a year and a half. Uh, and I feel like his floor is Doug Fister. And mm-hmm. if you remember Doug Fister, I mean, if you get that out of your first round pick for six years, that, that's money well spent. So I, I like Campbell. I would, I would say I would like Campbell more than I would like Kumar Rocker. Um, mm-hmm. And that's probably consensus at this point, but just want to throw it out there. I, I feel like Rocker's a name that a lot of people remember. Uh, mm-hmm. And then one last guy, Tommy John, but maybe you can save some money. I, I, I don't know if you remember him, Ty. He was in the draft last year. Landon Sims from Mississippi oh, State. Yep, yep, yep. Huge fastball slider. Throws a lot of strikes. Doesn't really have a third pitch. Coming off of Tommy John. <sighs> He's Man, his stuff is so good. Yeah, but yeah. There, are, there are some red flags there, but uh, I would throw him in there too. Definitely. It's kind of a similar situation to Jaden Hill last year. It's like you, oh, you like Jaden Hill. Yeah, you, you you love the prospect, but there's the injury, and it's just like. Uh, Didn't he go to the Angels? Mm, I don't remember. I don't Pretty remember sure who he, he went did. to. He, he went he in did. the, he went in the competitive. Round. I think he went competitive balance round A or something. Round B, maybe. I don't Let's I remember. Let's see if I can find him real fast. But, uh, uh, but yeah. If he, did go to, if he did go to the Angels, RIP his career. Yeah, unfortunately. uh, Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Why can't they just get decent at just keeping pitchers healthy? Not even just developing them, just keeping them healthy, just keeping their bodies intact. Just can't do it. Uh, Can't do it for some reason. Uh, Did you find that out? Because if not, we're we're running well over time here, so we should probably sign off. But um, we got to. We're going to be doing a lot more draft talk here on the show, so be sure to uh, look forward to that. Uh, and we might even get some guests on here from time to time to talk about the draft as Great. well. Um, so that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidying Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow our site at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E. GNZLZ and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day locked on MLB. That's where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League President Pass. It's free wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we will see you tomorrow. Go Ems. Peace.